It don't have <laughs> to be like Christ. it is, but it do. <laughs> I was not expecting that angle. Hey, sorry we're a minute late, folks. We were talking about cats. We were just ogling over cats for a good, like, two and a half. Like, I, I asked the question, and I, I, I posed to Paige saying, hey, do you want to see Vito's cats at, like, it was, like, 8.55. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, we got plenty of time. And then I looked back, and I was like, oh, shit, it's 9 o'clock. <laughs> we got we to gotta get this show on the road. I used to, you know, try to be like, I'm going to... Um, throw the like put the door closed get the cats out and now i'm just like you know what <laughs> what are we doing here i'm not gonna take my cats out of the equation no matter how unprofessional it might be free the pussy the uh, pages gave me the biggest look of disapproval i think i've ever received in my life free um moving on so Move. <laughs> How is that? Move. How how is that uh, week this week specifically Sunday? Oh man, let me tell you something. I had a I had a great weekend <laughs> because I didn't pay a I didn't pay a lick of attention to sports the entire time. Oh, you're just amazing. it was phenomenal. How, how um, do you do it? <laughs> I, I do other things. It's, <laughs> someone was like, like why why is Steve a bad fan? Like Steve doesn't show up to things. Steve doesn't do he like barely tweets about the other teams when they lose like he doesn't give much commentary to like i do other shit i i actively like i care about usf i don't go to shit i don't go to any games really unless like it is convenient for me and there's another reason for me to be there i don't know <laughs> i mean it's one of those things where it's like He's a bad fan. He doesn't show up and get like really upset at every little thing. It's like, yeah, but Steve also knows all the insider information and finds out all the interesting tidbits that you can read in the the Discord, I think. Do we have a Discord, Steve? The Daily Stampede Discord that you talk about stuff in? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we do. And maybe the easiest, the the best and the and most freest website of all time, the Daily Stampede, is offering a free discord server with free access to a lot of free insider information uh not behind a paywall right now um you know it's there it's there for the it's there for the picking there for the choosing hey spring practice started today and you may or may not have gotten some spring tidbits with the uh media availability that uh one of the tds staffers may or may not have attended but you'll only know if you may or may not follow us on twitch Send us a DM so we know that, and then get in that sweet, sweet Discord. And heck, even if you don't like USF sports, you say, I don't want to talk about this. There's other stuff. We're talking about the XFL and how much we hate the Orlando Guardians and the Vegas Vipers. And we talk about, you know, NHL and how the Bolts have just been terrible the past couple weeks. We, we haven't really talked about the NBA, but I'm sure that'll happen during playoff time. We talk about travel pictures and dogs and cat. You always have to have a cat, you know, or a, a pet channel we there's everything if there's something local food local beer what's everybody drinking on their friday beers we do five question fridays did i miss anything i probably shouldn't say much because uh just subscribe join us in this beautiful beautiful community we i mean we have different uh, channels for different special interests of things we have a we have a channel where you can recommend us making a channel just so you can rant about things for like five minutes and then i'll delete it like two weeks later when no one uses it for any particular reason, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's our way of, of giving back to a community who desperately needs it. 
uh, in a way for people to interact in a way that kind of really benefits, um, you know, what we as you, what USF fans and what we as people kind of crave. It's, you know, Hey, I'm in Tampa. Does anyone have any recommendations for food? Hey, you know, we're going to, you know, Savannah for a little bit. Does anyone have any recommendations? It's just a better way to interact with people rather than just throwing shit into the Twitter sphere, which by the way, that's going to be breaking at any particular moment. Um, and it's it's good to have conversations because I, I feel like Twitter, you, you get off a take and then it goes off on a rail or, you know, it's not really what, what's the discord. You, sometimes you get you get going on a conversation and it's nice to be able to see that back and forth. I mean, shoot, I asked for uh, luggage recommendations and got a whole bunch of people with different recommendations there. It's just it's stuff like that, that uh, that that last um comment that flashed on the screen was actually the cat who ran away and also smacked my mouse on the floor so i'm always like hey don't like you know end the broadcast please um but yeah go ahead and join discord have some fun um we're gonna talk about some sports now because you're such a terrible fan (laughs) so you know nothing about these sports obviously just rage listen i'd try my best (laughs) and that's that's all i can ask for at this point um yeah yes please please refrain from the high school level bit that you have going on there um we'll we'll get right into it we'll um, we'll actually talk start with something good uh for the week um men's basketball uh didn't have a losing week so that's always positive uh they had actually a really 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 strong showing followed up with a you know poop on the table you know usual part for the course um so uh usf uh men's basketball officially uh finished their season this past week uh they in the year 14 and 17 overall and 7 and 11 in the conference that is the second time in brian gregory's tenure that he is 14 and 17 overall and 7 and 11 in conference and everybody gets a free slurpee somehow yeah somehow some way they gotta they gotta cash in on that uh, but they got there uh thanks to a victory over tulsa uh, 72 to 56 uh, last week for uh, senior night, um, which uh, Tulsa is, is they're going to figure it out. They're going to turn it around at some point. Um, they got probably the most barren cupboard left for their head coach, and he has had to piece it together, but they are historically bad. They are really, really bad. Um, and so for USF to win that game, uh, it wasn't as handedly as you would probably want it to be. Um, which sounds very weird considering it was, you know, a, a quite a 16 point victory. Um, but at one point I think the lead was down to, I think nine, which was a little bit uncomfortable in the second half. Uh, Tulsa definitely turned it on. Um, but as I mentioned, it was senior night for six guys. So Tyler Harris, Keyshawn Bryant, Jameer Chaplin, Jake Boggs, Sorrell Smith, Mark Kalea, and walk on canoe. Le Sant was also included in that. That's um, a lot of dudes, Steve. That is a <laughs> lot. Graduate. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we've had this discussion a few times because someone always brought it up, which was when was the last time USF had a guy come through and stay all four years? Right. And, and, and we, uh, it was, uh, what's his face, um, from the 2012 season to, it, it starts with a T because we talked about it's... it on the last show and oh we talked gosh. about it in the, in the daily stampede after, and I distinctly I remember it. I cannot believe that this is eluding me right now. Oh my goodness! If you re-ask it, in the, Ken, in the, when you need him in the Slack, uh, Jamie will definitely know. Jamie will definitely know. But it's about to be surpassed by Jameer Chaplin. Am I am I incorrect on this? Jameer Chaplin had been with USF for five years now. It, yeah, I guess you're right. Torland Fitzpatrick. 
Torl and Fitzpatrick. Um, so now, now we have the new the trivia has been updated last, uh, and it's not as much trivia because it's current. Uh, but Jameer Chaplin, a, a journeyman for USF, uh, has been around the game for a little bit, and glad to see him uh, graduate in the green and gold. But uh, and Mark for Tyler Clare. Harris, yeah, and Mark Clea. Um, So Tyler Harris, Keyshawn Bryant, Jake Boggs, and Cyril Smith all transfers. So. Uh, don't get the uh, special brownie points there. But again, that is a lot of dudes graduating. Um, I have opinions. I'm not going to share them. Uh, but my uh, for things that aren't opinions, Keyshawn Bryant uh, went off for a career high 30 points. That was good. I mean, <laughs> out of nowhere. Nowhere. Just a monster 30 points. And he's a guy that uh, you've seen him do the you know slam dunk competition, essentially, in some games. And he just comes out of nowhere and, and has... You know, monster games like just no other other way, no other way to put it uh the fact that he is graduating along with tyler harris and see i was uncertain how many guys were out of eligibility i knew tyler harris for sure was but seeing that amount and i think we probably already knew that but just seeing it um great that they all got honored on senior night great they can get a victory at home for senior night capped three three game win streak what they want winners of four or five um so that's good to see but just you're essentially you know re you know, reshaping the roster again. So it's like, that's hard. It's hard to do. So it's like, this is, this is really nice at the end of the year to see that they were finally beating teams that they should. They finally putting together some good, good games together. But now the guys that were doing that are mostly leaving. And uh, it still feels weird that Russell Chiwa has another year left. It feels like he's one of the elder statesmen, but he's gotten better over his course of his, of his career. So and should right. see what he ends up doing um, after the season. Right. Well, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the next uh, week here. Uh, but elsewhere, Tyler Harris uh, had a very modest night with seven points. Uh, Sam Hines with 10 points and eight rebounds. Uh, Corey Walker, seven points, 12 rebounds. Brush Shaywalt did not play. Uh, he had a concussion. So uh, you know, he got a nice little well-deserved break. I'm sure the game would have been a little bit uh, more out of hand had he had played. Um, but yeah, game was... Uh, I mean, not, Tulsa's not very good. It, this... I'm, I'm happy they won this game handedly and by 16 points and yada, yada, yada. Um, but this is also beating like the equivalent of like a division two school right now. Like they're really just not putting anything Ouch. together. Wow. And, and, and this isn't, this isn't to say that Tulsa is not going to be back to being a good basketball program. They're just really, really, really bad. Like they, there's no if ands buts are bad. Like it's not just like a oh USF like plays better than them. It's like it's not like the UCF sweep this year where you know for some unknown reason USF just turns it on and, and beats their rival like that. Like everyone has been bullying Tulsa like all year in basketball. Every every team is scoring like eighty plus points against Tulsa because they're not playing good defense and like they'll turn it around at some point. But they're just historically bad. And speaking of historically bad, uh, USF had a historically bad second half against Wichita King State. King of the transition it. over here. I'm, I'm so I'm on it right now. Um, they had a, a historically bad second half, which led to a 20 point loss at Wichita State to close out the year. Uh, they lost uh, 69 to 49. Nice. Mm. It's nice. We're mm. still gonna count it. Um, <laughs> I don't really score 49 points when your average is 73 a game. Sorry, it, continue. It, it makes it feel even worse when, when, when at halftime it was 35 to 33, mm-hmm. like very much in the game. And like it was weathering Wichita's offense, was playing well offensively, was doing everything right. 
and then you score 16 points in the second half. They didn't. They had two baskets made in the last 10 minutes of the contest. And they pulled in, I want to say, within six in the second half, too, and then they just didn't make a bucket till the – I want to say because didn't they get a button or a bucket at the buzzer? Yeah. Like it, I don't I don't know how that happened out of nowhere. And, and you know it's one of those things. Now you're on the road. You're playing a good team, in Wichita State. And I, I say good mildly. They're 500 team, but still traditionally better. Better than us. It's ooh, eh, what do you do? <laughs> you kind of came crashing back to earth there. That second half was just another one of those. You had a bad half. Right. Yeah. I mean. What are you gonna do? You, you don't make a bucket. You can't buy a bucket. I mean, it, it's it's a it's all a lot of the same for that Wichita State game. Um, Sorrell Smith, uh, not to be outdone this year, led USF in scoring. He had eleven points. Um, not that, and I am not gonna say this in a way that is disparaging to Sorrell Smith because he works hard. He is a Division One athlete. He deserves praise. Uh, but Sorrell Smith should not be leading USF with eleven points. Um, I'm I for one give him kudos. If, right. And if he was leading USF with 25 points or 21 points, I'd be like, oh, it's Sorrell Smith coming out game. This is fantastic. I don't think you should be leading the team with 11 points. That's just me, though. I, you know, shooty hoops, put ball in hoop and uh, score points. Uh, Tyler Harris had 10 points. Russ Chewa uh, was returned to action, nine points and six rebounds there. Uh, Sam Hines with uh, eight points and a team high nine nine rebounds. Um, overall, I mean, just not a very good showing statistically. Wichita State was better in every single category. Um, I think except for turnovers, uh, which if if you were if you lost by twenty and you lost the turnover battle that bad, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> a coach will take that every day of the year. Um, so that uh, concluded USF men's basketball season. Um, hopefully uh, concludes something else. Go on, Vito. I was going to say regular season because now we have the most exciting tournament in sports, the American Athletic Conference Tournament in Fort Worth, Texas, where we get to play a team that they've beaten twice in ECU. Right. Hopefully, uh, you know, third time's a charm, maybe. Um, there is no reason why this should this contest should be played in Fort Worth, by the way. Just go ahead and put it in New Orleans. It'd be so much better for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, they uh, you know, they they drew a favorable matchup to start. So they get ECU, a team that they swept, a team that they have uh played well against this year, um, abnormally well against this year. Um, and then they chose uh the bad draw uh because they get to play Houston. Congratulations to uh the winner of the USF ECU game for uh being a doormat on the way to Houston's uh, conference championship this year. So that's fun. Houston's historically good this year and might be a final four, if not better team. So, Hey, have fun with that. Men's basketball. Great. Uh, Hopefully something happens. Um, Hopefully next week we have something fun to talk about for USF men's basketball. Not gonna be uh, not gonna be pessimistic over here though. No pessimism this week. Hell no, uh, Vito. Take uh, women's basketball because uh, I think he just uh, broke some news. What? No, he didn't. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he. Yes, he did. Is this Quentin Flowers signed with the Orlando Guardian? Oh, don't make me an Orlando. Now I'm an Orlando Guardians fan. A lifelong once, Orlando Guardians. Fan. I was once a Tampa Bay Vipers. 
season ticket holder. Just kidding. I only went to one game, but I did get the video of Quinton Flowers first offensive touchdown for the Vipers. If Heath, if someone's burying us on uh, XFL <laughs> news, Flowers. I would, I would quit. I, I would delete. I would delete it all. Um, That's just, but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was there with, I am Cerveza God. That is true at that Vipers game. That was a very interesting matchup and I enjoyed the XFL and then it just kind of could, you know, didn't survive the pandemic. So women's basketball, they beat Cincinnati in their final regular season game, 85 to 55. Steve just put LOL. There was always that like, well, they need to win this last game on the road against the worst team in the conference. Can they do it? I mean, they, I watched some of that game and like I remember like looking away at one point and looking back and going, oh, they're up by 25. <laughs> um, Elena Chaneke, 28 points. Dulce had 10 points and nine rebounds. Another classic game for her. Sammy had 21 off seven of 11 three-pointers. So I think it's safe to say that Sammy Puises has found her three-point shoot or shot back and um, – just in the nick of time. So hopefully that can carry on through the conference tournament and into the NCAA tournament uh, because she is really deadly when she's seven of three from or seven of 11 from three point range. Cause like, how do you stop that? Uh, Carla Brito also collected four points and 11 rebounds as well. So uh, she can beat you in multiple different ways. So awards time, they decided to, the AC decided to announce co-players of the year. For uh, Dulce, Fanka, Mangiadu, and Elena Cheneke. And they're also first team all conference. Have they done co um, players of the year before in the past? I do not know. Yes. I should have probably looked yes. at that. Steve yes. says yes. Yes, they did. Okay. I, I triple checked that. Uh, they gave it to uh, Katie Lou Simelson and what's her face? Oh. Uh, the other really good girl from that UConn team. The one that. The one that USF had uh, a three-point deficit in in the fourth quarter and then didn't score for the rest of the game. Uh, oh, I remember that so distinctly. Paige, is it Paige Bukers? Uh, no, it was the girl oh. before Paige Bukers. Okay. Um, I'm going to look it up again. Continue on. So uh, just kudos to saying, hey, you had two really, really good players and we didn't know who to, to give it to you. So there you go. Um, so uh, Carla Brito also got freshman of the year, which is huge. She came up really, really big, both on the offensive and defensive side and turned into a bit of a rebounding machine and maybe can take over that Dulce role next year. I want uh, to correct you on this. Uh, she did not get freshman in the year. She was all freshman team. Sorry, all freshman team. Right. The um, player from ECU got freshman of the year. I, I was just reading that incorrectly. Uh, but yeah, she was on the all freshman team. And a newcomer of the year was Sammy Puisis. She was also a uh, second team all conference and she came from FSU and it was just a really good fit. Um, and I, I, she just did, gave another element to this offense that um, was always there in the past. They always kind of had those three-point shooters, but was able to consistently keep that throughout the entire year. Sometimes there'd be a lot of droughts, uh, but uh, Sammy, for the most part, was able to keep it. So that, that was really, really good. Um, Jose, not coach of the year. And Heath brings us up. Look this um, Sorry, Nafisa Collier was the uh, other one. Right. From okay. UConn. Yep. There's so yeah. many great UConn players. It's hard to tell which years were which. Um, but here's the thing: Jose did not win it. Um, I don't have the name of the ECU head coach off the top of my head, but I did look it up. She uh, picked up the team and she became coach in 2019. In 2020, they won eight games. 21, they won uh, nine games. 
Last year, they won 11. This year, they won 20. They went 20 and 9, and they were picked last to start the year in the um, conference polls. That is a really incredible year and a really good turnaround for them. For a team where UCF or USF, oh my gosh, I did the thing. Delete, delete me from this from this stream, Steve. I said UCF. Um, USF was picked first. Jose Fernandez is known to be a historically good coach. It's like those years where Gino Oriama wouldn't get it and Jose would get it. Sometimes it just needs to go to a, 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 a either a player or it needs to go to a coach that you did not expect this type of season. ECU definitely was that. So I get the discourse. I get that Jose probably is the better coach, and I you know had a really, really great year, but she um, did a really incredible job with ECU for a team that's supposed to be picked last. So I totally get that. Didn't right. Billy Mole win uh, like coach of the year, that manager of the year, that one year when they went to the super regional is just one of those things where I don't remember. Yeah. It, coach of the year is such a, such a takey tacky, stupid award because like most, like your, your option is literally, is it the coach that won the conference or is it a coach that exceeded the expectations? And those are two, you can make a good argument both ways every single time about it. And it's dumb. Um, yeah. Because, because there are times where like Denise had an astounding year for USF women's soccer coaching, you know, Evelyn Vienz and some historically really good players and, and run the table in the conference and everything like that. And then they'll give it to the fucking UCF coach for no fucking reason. And then like, oh, it's like the fair play award or anything like that. Like, it, I get it. Like Kim McNeil, like she did it. She did a fine job with her team. She coached. She's recruited well. She's recruited um, the obviously the uh, freshman player of the year. Um, and then one of the other one of the other ECU players is um, first team. So I get it. Taking a historically bad program, you know, giving your freshman of the year and giving all this stuff and everything like that. But at the same time, like you, you have to give kudos to probably one of the best teams to have played in the American not named UConn and for Jose to piece together this team the way that he did and, and found, I mean, minus one hiccup game where a player literally just was on fire the entire time. It's, it's dumb. Um, I get uh, it. It's dumb. Uh, I'll add. Um, I, I, I agree. It's not the exceed expectations award, but it's how they want to vote on it at any given time. I'm just giving the devil's advocate of, don't get mad at the ECU coach who did do a really good job. This wasn't like, oh, we gave it to someone who's undeserving. It, it's like Nick Saban doesn't win the SEC Coach of the Year award every year, even though he is the best coach in that conference. It's just it's sometimes it you take a little bit of context in there. And again, it's award season. It's all kind of whatever at the time and what everybody feels like at the time. But that that that's kind Listen, of what that is. If if by some godforsaken reason. USF men's basketball ended up being second in the conference this year. And Houston was still like where they were. They would give that reward. They would give that award to Kev, Kelvin Sampson every single year. Mm-hmm. And they will, they're going to give it to him. They're going to give it to him again. You know, I mean, thank God they're leaving after this year, but they would give it to Kelvin Sampson every single year because they're always consistently good. And if you're going to punish USF for being consistently good like that, you know, I, I don't, think you should pick coach of the year off of preseason expectations. Yep. I can buy that. I agree with that. That's just me. That's just me. That, uh, that, that's just a Robert Stieg life opinion. Um, yeah, that's I, uh, at Robert I, Stieg I, life I, verified opinion, hater of all things uh, negative. 
I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, five losses, one loss in conference, every other loss except for the one conference loss was against a top 25 team. What do you, what, what the fuck else do you want them to do? They're going to get like an eight seed in the, in the fucking NCAA tournament. Well, that's the, uh, I was going to go into, uh, Charlie cream currently has them as a seven seed in the Iowa city regional. Uh, well, they'll play, they would play Alabama who they already played and beat this season. That's uh, that as a projection. I think they generally try not to do that, put a rematch right in the first round, but seven seed. And then you're immediately playing the two. <laughs> it's like, again, it's just like, you can't like, and then, you know, I saw, I think uh, I saw a tweet that said uh, the respect isn't going to be there until they can make a run into the second weekend. It's like, well, it's really hard when you're saying in the immediately in the first weekend, you have to play a top 10 team. It's like, that's hard. <laughs> it's always going to be difficult, but if any team is going to do it, it's going to be this team this year. Cause this team this year can beat you in many different ways and is battle tested because they've played a lot of those teams. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that happens. Just take care of business in the conference tournament. Um, it looks like they could be matched up against Houston. Um, but, uh, UCF actually beat Tulsa, which was a surprise today. And then they're going to go up and play Wichita state who beat temple earlier today. Uh, so that game is tomorrow at 1 PM. So first conference tournament game for USF is against Wichita state. And, uh, we'll see what happens from there. If you're in Fort worth, go support them. It's going to be great. So tennis. Yeah. Uh, tennis. Um, they played today. They had their, uh, awkward week long break. Um, God, they shouldn't have played today. Uh, or excuse me. Hold on. Wait, I got this loading. They played today. I think, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they played Texas A&M today in tennis. Uh, they lost seven, nothing. Uh, just not very good. They, uh, they kept it close there for a little bit on the doubles point. Uh, singles wasn't much better. I'm not going to go into any details about it um, because Texas A&M is pretty good at tennis this year. So just another one of those losses where you're playing a really good team. It probably won't affect their ranking too much, um, especially because they do have some kind of layup games this weekend. Um, they play a double header on Saturday. They play University of Pacific and University of North Carolina Wilmington um, this weekend. So at home, where That's is fun. the University of Pacific? The Pacific? Uh, uh, in, in the ocean? I'm I'm going to just give a really rough estimate that it's um like near San Diego. It's wherever Stockton, oh, California is. Is that north? Uh, who cares? Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. This is live. I do care. That's why I looked no, it don't. up. But I, I really I like I mean, California is very large. Okay, so that's where it is. Not like yeah. in the Pacific Ocean. The only thing I know about the University of Pacific is that it was like a favorite of people in NCAA 14 to use them as like a road to glory school. Um, that's the only thing <laughs> I know about them. Okay. But uh, maybe I have a good tennis program. Uh, maybe they'll uh, beat us. Maybe we'll beat them. Who knows? That's the fun thing about tennis. Uh, moving on to women's tennis uh, because. Oh, they finally won a doubles point. They did it. They finally won a doubles point. Pop the confetti, break out the bubbly. They won the doubles point. They went up with an advantage, Vito, against Louisiana Tech. Oh, I love it. With an advantage against them in the singles point. And what did they do? They lose. They lost. <laughs> they lost really bad, too. Just not great. <laughs> they, uh, so the, the funny thing is they crushed the doubles point. Like, handedly won all three games. 
uh, in the doubles point. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, like that's like, that's the turnaround. That's, that's the turnaround that they were looking for that they got the chemistry going. Like, this is all great and everything like that. And then they got swept in the singles points in every single say singles, uh, except for Sierra Barry. Uh, she won hers. Everyone else got swept. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, sometimes it happens. <laughs> I always know it's like, oh, we lose the doubles point, but they still win somehow. So now the foot's on the other, the shoe's on the other foot. Right. Which is the funny part because then they played Toledo and they lost the doubles point really handedly, really, really handedly. Um, but this this was actually quite a uh, a well-contested match. And I wanted to make sure to, to call this game out more in particular. Um, this was a tough Toledo uh, team. They were eight and two on the year. Uh, had previously beat this LA te- uh, Louisiana Tech team that beat USF the day before. Um, so uh, they battled like hell on all six uh, singles courts. Grace Schumacher uh, was able to secure the first victory for USF uh, on her court. She won 6 2, 5 7, 6 3. Um, actually, Vito, you can uh, pull up a screen grab, right? I can. Uh, while I'm talking, can you bring up the screen grab of the uh, the women's tennis uh, against uh, Toledo? Uh, just because box score? saying these, yeah, the box score saying these uh, doesn't give it justice for how close this match was. Um, again, I'll, I'll reiterate the tennis uh, rules uh, for women's. If it goes in, it's it's best two out of three for uh, singles courts. So it, it, usually, if you went in straight in straight sets, um, you know, if it's tied after two sets, you'll go to a tie-breaking third. Um, and then there's tiebreakers within those games as well. So you can end up having pretty long and pretty weird scores set up there. Um, but yes, Grace Schumacher won first, uh, 6 2, 5 7, 6 3. Uh, Laura Pellissier battled uh, but lost on hers. So uh, she lost 3 6, 6 4, 3 6. Um, you can see the order of the finish there 2 3, 6 5, 4 1. Uh, next was Cleona Walsh. Uh, she ended up tying the match back up with a 6-1-4-6-6-4 uh, victory there. Again, the third straight game that went to three sets. Uh, Marta Falsetto-Font, again, battled 4-6-6-4-6-3 uh, there. So to give USF uh, an edge there, again, in another three-game set. Ireland Simi uh, just... Evidently, probably wore out her opponent. If I'm going to be completely honest, because Ooh, after playing doubles and after play, yeah, after playing a, a full doubles match in the Florida Florida Heat and then playing this, uh, I can imagine uh, you know sweat had something to do with it. Uh, two six seven six with a tiebreaker of ten just, to eight. Can you explain tiebreakers to folks who don't know much about tennis? Because this is right. a, like a different. It's like playing another entire set. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So uh, essentially what will happen there is uh, you have to win by two or in some tiebreaker situations, um, they'll go into kind of these. Um, yet you have to win by two within the tiebreaker itself within the game. So for it to be 10, eight means that the entire match was it was, you know, zero, one, 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 two, two, two. It was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until someone got a two point advantage. And then that's when it wins or it's the first one of 10. So uh, 10 to eight is basically just playing a whole nother game at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that last set being six to one is, is hilarious because that poor girl from Toledo was just probably exhausted. Um, yeah. At that, at that point you're it, cause when you lose that, that's got, that, that's a defeating feeling like how right. am I supposed to come back from that? So then you, it, you, you know, you, you, you're losing a bit of that. Um, 
I don't know. There's a word I'm going for. Yes, <laughs> edge. I'll just say competitive spirit, but like that's not it. Yeah, no. you're, you're losing the edge. The momentum's completely gone, and now you have to try to come back. And tennis is hard because you're running a lot. There's a lot it's of not, it's uh, there's a lot going on. But uh, yeah, Ireland Simi won it. Uh, won the uh, match for USF there, uh, and then Sierra Berry added a little bit of added security there. Uh, two five seven six seven five, and then seven five. Um, so again, every single singles match went to three courts or uh, three uh, sets, which is just I I'd never seen that. I haven't seen that in a long time. Mm. Um, that is a battle if I've ever seen one. So that's, that's your uh, extended tennis update. Uh, this is probably the only USF related uh, sports media that is going to spend six minutes talking about a, a women's tennis match like that. Uh, besides Derek Sharp, of course. So um, now women's tennis gets to take a little field trip up to Jacksonville, uh, good old Duval County. Uh, they play uh, two games up there. They play Virginia Commonwealth, uh, VCU, and then they play UNF, North Florida, in Jacksonville. Uh, Paige is uh, not within earshot, says so she cannot swoop in the background, uh, which is unfortunate for everyone involved. And say, um, go UNF. UNF. If you, uh, fun fact, uh, if you ever need any sexual uh, gifts on Twitter, uh, if you type in UNF on the gift search bar, uh, it'll bring up a bunch of suggestive uh, gifts. Uh, not touching that one. Okay, so one thing that I noticed, because uh, USF Women's Tennis is currently 5-5. Five and five. If you look back to last year, they they were 7-16. and 16. You know how long it took them to get their fifth victory, Stieg? It was like way late in the season. It was actually, it was the last game of the season, wasn't yep. it? Yep. Uh, so it wasn't the last game, but there, it was their last win on March 25th. That was their fifth win of the season. Then fourth straight losses to end the year. And then that's when they went on that really weirdly remarkable run where they won two games in the conference tournament, including being the one seed in UCF that got them their seven. So right now they're, I mean, if you look at a trajectory, they're doing a lot better this year. And of course, when you have players like Sierra Berry, who's really, really freaking good. That helps a ton. And uh, they're getting a lot of good talent to compete. And so like uh, victories like like that against, um, oh my gosh, hold on, Toledo. <laughs> um, are, you know, th- those are really good. You could say, hey, you came out, you fought really hard and you got the victory. So now you're five and five, and you have something to build on. So good to see there. Fantastic. Um, while I'm doing something in the background, Vito, take over uh, women's golf. Great. I don't know much about golf right now. Uh, so <laughs> kidding. All right. So women's golf, they're in progress at Trinity Forest Invitational in Dallas. Did they actually wrap up today? No, they just first Go round today. Okay, great. Uh, currently, they're tied for third with Incarnate Word at two under par, which is great. They're trailing Houston and SMU. Houston's three under and SMU is 12 under. I, I always look at some of these and go, huh. Do you like, since it's in Dallas, it's like, okay, so you just play this this course a lot, right? That's how you're 12 under when everybody else is not even close. Um, it, that's always remarkable to me when, when it comes to golf because, like, you're really good at your home course. Everybody else might not be, but you're really good at your home course. Uh, Juliana Camargo is tied for fifth at 300 to lead the Bulls. Melanie Green and Lauren Heinlein are uh, tied for 21st at even. And I will expect, or I suspect Melanie Green will, uh, what do they call it, moving day? On the uh, the the final round where you you uh, w- work yourself up the leaderboard, so we'll see there. Uh, Alizi Vidal is tied for 
30. <laughs> so, you know, in, in Google documents, when someone clicks, you see the other person and they, their, their name pops up. Stieg's name okay. popped up right in front of what I was reading. It's funny. Uh, Eliza Vidal, uh, tie for 31st at two over and Leonor Medeiros. Going to get these names right one of these days. Tie for uh, 44th at plus four. So four over par. Um, so that's everybody playing on the US on Team USF is in the top 50, which not bad. Not bad at all. I um, promise we tried to get their pronunciations right. Um, normally, USF gives an audio guide for their players uh, whenever they have difficult names to pronounce. Uh, for some odd reason, they have not done that for women's golf. So I, I'm suspecting that Juliana Camargo is Juliana Camargo. I am uh, mm. suspecting that uh, Elise Vidal is, uh, since she's French, I assume it's a different pronunciation. Lenore Medeiros, same thing. I might just reach out to Coach Erica and, and ask her for a pronunciation guide uh, to give them their proper credits on things uh, because help. I feel bad every time. <laughs> yeah, just, just, just want to make sure we uh, we give these players their due. Um, but I also say, who else in the Tampa Bay area or any area is giving this extensive uh, discussion about golf and tennis? So. I'm going to, I'm going to actually message her right now, live on the, uh, the roundup. So that I don't forget this. Cause I will forget it by the next time. Steve, we are asleep because we play tomorrow and T is probably like 7am. Maybe I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, gonna, sure. I'm uh, do men's golf real quick. And I'm going to say what I'm going to say to coach Erica here. We're going to see if this works out. So men's golf finished tied for ninth at the Lake Las Vegas invitational. So they're in Las Vegas twice. No, okay. It's fine. Um, they're tied with Kentucky. Uh, Shabam Jaglin, again, I probably get saying that wrong. Uh, led the Bulls with an uh, even, tied for 18th. Chase Gullickson, tied for 28th, two over. Jake Peacock, tied for 35th, four over. Sam Nicholson, 64th, 15 over. And Nino Palmquist, 77th, 20 over. Um, I haven't golfed in a very long time, but I'm very terrible. So it's like when you see scores like this in the collegiate world, this must be a very hard course. Uh, next up's the Ross Collegiate Classic in Pinehurst, North Carolina. That sounds beautiful. Uh, I have friends in North Carolina, and they say the weather is gorgeous. And I wish I would be there. Um, not necessarily for this tournament, but just in general. Uh, so that's March 13th and 14th, so this weekend. So they'll have a night. They get to come home a little bit after uh, a trip in Vegas and get to go to Pinehurst, North Carolina. How about that? It's going to be great. I'm just, I'm like, I'm, coach, I need help. <laughs> how do I say, how, how, we, we want to do this correctly. Okay. So uh, do, do I want to move on to bat sports? Or do you uh, no, wait I just for... said that we're good. We're good. Uh, I sent it. If you can go uh, actually, watch them at Pinehurst, do it. I think it'd be really cool. I I, I imagine that they like seeing uh, fans watch them in these tournaments. Uh, Cause I, I, I'm guessing they're hard to get to. There's not a lot of not, not a lot to see. It's not like they have stands everywhere. So uh, I, I imagine that they really like seeing uh, the old alma mater represented at these tournaments. So if you get a chance, and that's also just a beautiful day to watch golf. Oh yeah, and Pinehurst is uh, as you mentioned, beautiful course. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Andrew, yes, uh, Chase Kepka is holding it down on the live tour right now. Um, right. I actually haven't looked up to see what he's been doing recently, but uh, shout out to Chase Kepka. Oh god! That's I always forget cool. that Bryson. 
I always forget they they did they golf at the same time. Yes, they golf. Yeah, at the that same was time. that was that yeah. year. They both were in the national championship over in Sarasota. Um, and Bryson DeChambeau because he was SMU, right? Yeah. So that was um, weird. My uh, my now wife Molly and her dad actually went to that tournament because it was so local and said it's just like you know always great to see golf, but he got to see those players. So it's like after the fact, it's like Bryson DeChambeau is now you know professional and a really good one so it's really cool to be able to see them at the collegiate level so duh, shout out that's pretty sweet that, that is actually that's actually really cool um yeah baseball um yeah not have a good week i'll uh, I'll, I'll take this one they went oh for four on the week oh and four they're three and nine overall and let me tell you it started off with a very heart-wrenching loss to uh florida state number 16 Florida state last Wednesday. So while everyone was watching Tulsa, I was watching the baseball game because they were down three out early. And I said, okay, that is what it is. Um, uh, Nolan Hootie had the start three runs and two innings pitched. And I was just like, okay, just one of those days. Um, they were down three Oh, in the first, they tied it three, three in the sixth. Um, FSU took the lead four, four, they tied it again, four, four in the eighth and then went to extras. And then it was a pitcher's duel through the 13th inning and Ethan Brown pitched three innings, six K's and zero runs during that time period with only one hit. And he looked astounding. And even the announcers. Uh, so when they're ESPN plus announcer, it's always the announcers of the stadium. So th- the idea is trying not to be like, I'm super pro one, you know, the home team, but you know, there's always going to be that there to an extent, but they, they were saying like the, this USF bullfin's really, really solid. And they looked really, really good at the end there. And that you could kind of see that they were feeding off the, the, the crowd that was there. Um, they went up six to four in the top of the 13th with RBI singles by Jackson Mayo and Daniel Cantu. And it was one of those, like, is, are they going to do this? Are they going to be able to pull it off? And uh, midweek games against Florida state, especially have been tough to come by. Um, they ended up losing it in the bottom of 13th in very painful fashion. They uh, FSU had an RBI triple after an errant dive by the right fielder. Um, I don't remember how it was, but it was a dive, ended up going to the wall. Um, it was an RBI triple. Um, then a couple of uh, outs later, it looked like USF could probably possibly do this. Um, then uh, a ball was hit right into the shortstop's glove. And I'm not going to say it was an easy routine ball. There was still going all the way to the opposite side around uh, just outside the second base bag. And it hit his glove, fell right out uh, Two runs scored Florida state. They walked it off and that broke USF for this entire weekend. Uh, during that game, they bulls off and struck out 21 times. Um, yeah, that was tough. I mean, that's a tough way to lose. I'm never going to blame a player. Baseball's hard. Ball, the, the balls get hit with strange. You get some weird top spin. That wasn't super routine, but you could even see when uh, um, the video, the hitter thought started running defeated, thinking that this is this is going to be caught. And once it wasn't caught, there was the celebration. So they lose the Florida State, and then they welcome Northeastern for a three game set. And Steve, guess what happens? Ah, uh, not good. Not great. I was on a party cruise on Friday for a wedding. Um, and found out later they got run ruled by North Northeastern 15 to three. That is, I didn't know you could get run ruled in baseball unless it was a double header. So that was smooth to me. Um, Northeastern scored crooked numbers in the fourth, sixth, and seventh. Bobby Bozer hit a home run to lead off the game, had a one, one run lead. And that was about it. Northeastern had 12 hits. Hunter Mink had to start four innings pitch, five hits, five runs, four walks, and six K's. 
Uh, freshman pitcher Lawson Gailey gave up six runs and 1.2 innings pitched. There's a lot of freshman pitchers, and they're all going to need to get um, reps during this early part of the season to get ready for conference play, but that is rough. Then Saturday, guess what? They lost 13-8. to eight. <laughs> uh, Northeastern had crooked numbers in four innings, although Eric Snow had a grand slam in the fourth to get within two. He had six total RBI, which is pretty cool. Uh, Northeastern out hit USF 13 to 12. Starter Jackson Cothran gave up five earned runs and 1.1 innings pitched. That's tough. And then Ethan Brown, who had a really good outing against Florida State, gave up three and 2.2 innings pitched. And Justin Jackson gave up four and 1.2 innings pitched. Uh, the Bulls offense struck out eight times. Uh, Jackson Mayo went three for five, but that was pretty much it. And frankly, you know, you score eight runs. That's not a bad offensive showing. You just can't give up 13 in that situation. So That's then fair. Sunday, let's go ahead and win. Let's go ahead and get a win at the end. Would have been nice. Didn't happen. They lost eight to seven. Eric Snow had another grand slam. So how many times? So it's like the, the first weekend match against Maryland. There were what? Three grand slams in three days. Yeah. Which is very strange to see. So Eric Snow had two grand slams in the weekend, which is actually really freaking cool. Um, that put him up four to two in the fourth. He went two for four with four RBI. Bobby Bozer went three for five. It looked like the offense was humming, and it looks like the pitching staff could finally get out of a tough game. But Northeastern out hit USF 14 to 11. Starter Jack Siebert gave up four runs in eight innings. I'm sorry, that ain't right. I said four and eight innings pitched. That is not correct. Um, he gave up four runs. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's gonna mess up a stat I had later. So uh, forget the eight innings pitched. He gave him four runs. <laughs> um, so the um, starters overall across the entire weekend against Northeastern gave up 14 earned runs. Um, it's a lot. That's a lot. I, it's hard to overcome from an offensive standpoint. And like, you're not, I'm not even going to say the offense played poorly. <laughs> I mean, the first game, not so great. We just score eight and seven. You should be able to be in, to be able to win those games. Um, so I will just say FSU broke them. They, uh, Left it all in Tallahassee, and they came back defeated. Um, but much to what Stiga said, Northeastern isn't terrible. They're 118 in RPI. USF currently stands at 157. Right. So, yeah, they've played all top 100 teams except for this Northeastern team. Uh, but they got to figure out the pitching. This has so far been the theme of the, of the year. They have some really good pitching uh, performances, and then – uh, overall, they just have to out hit essentially their the uh, their opponents. So they're sitting at three wins and where is it? Nine losses. <laughs> yeah. Which unfortunate, but for uh, the the eternal optimist, it isn't the absolute end of the world to kind of be in a slump early in the season. Um, it is a long baseball season, uh, and there's a lot that can happen, especially with your pitchers. Um, it unfortunately it's just a product of, of collegiate baseball at this time, uh, especially with the draft that's been going on. Um, USF had one of the top pitching prospects in the state of Florida commit to them who decided to forego his college career to go play in the minors. Um, they had another pitcher that was very highly ranked again, decided to go pitch in the minors instead. Um, losing Jake Jaziak last year as well. You kind of had to replace almost your entire pitching staff. You have the Mink brothers, which are, they're, they're nice. They're good when they're consistent and they're on, but you know, Hunter struggled at the beginning uh, for the uh, that opening game, and Nolan Huddy has 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 struggled. And you know, at this point, it's just more about: Are you able to kind of turn it around and right the ship? And and 
luckily, again, like I said, it's early still. Yeah, losing to a team called Northeastern kind of sucks, but Northeastern is now, I think, eight and one on the year. Um, they actually, funny enough, I was looking through their schedule. Um, I think they actually beat the Boston Red Sox in an exhibition match uh, early on. So um, Northeastern is in downtown Boston for those who didn't yeah. know. So, I mean, it, it, I wouldn't say this is time to panic yet, um, especially with Billy Mole, um, who, uh, former pitcher himself, former pitching coach, um, young arms, young arms got to learn, young arms got to, got to figure it out. You know, they, they'll, they'll look and see if they can turn it around this week. I mean, unfortunately they still have a tough week coming up. They have a really tough, this is a really fucking hard opening slate. Mm -hmm. Um, Pittsburgh is, is a little bit down, but it's still a repeatable program. And then long beach state at long beach state, that's a historically really good program. And you're playing all of those games at night at 9 PM West coast time. Yeah. So this is their first true road trip. So that's a tough one. Uh, When it comes to baseball and really all bad sports, it's all about conference play. You just need to, kind of sort it through then. Um, but yep, that's something that just needs, I mean, they'll see if they can get, get some consistent uh, pitching because the offense is there. And I mean, like legitimately uh, Nate was saying like, they should be able to hit with anybody and they have a lot of different guys that can hit. Um, I mean, Eric snow, two grand slams. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really good. Jackson Mayo's had a pretty good season. Uh, Bobby Bozer, of course, I mean, Drew Brutcher, you have guys that can hit. It's just, uh, getting, uh, them in manageable situations. Cause at some point when you're down, you know, six to nothing, you're just swinging for the fences at that point. So, right. um, as, as, as Heath put, yes, pain, pain that w- watching that last watching the ball, like it was like, Oh my gosh, he's gonna, Oh yeah. But it's almost like, oh, I'm just used to it now. Not that, but like used to like that stunk moving on. Exactly. Don't let it bother you too much. Um, moving on to the other side of the uh, the baseball softball complex, there in a much better week. Um, softball went four and one over the week uh, to put their record back at uh, even five hundred. So uh, a really good sign for Ken Erickson's softball program. There, they are ten and ten on the season. Um, some pretty good wins under their belt as well this past week. Uh, they beat Kansas four to two on Thursday. Uh, Marissa Trevel piece, the transfer from Michigan state has been just a, a gem, uh, this year. Uh, she went uh, one for two with two RBI Peyton Dixon. We're going to have a continued discussion about Peyton Dixon here in a second. Uh, 4.1 innings pitch, one run, four strikeouts, uh, team had four, uh, excuse me, three errors, but doesn't matter. You won four to two. Um, Everything's fine and dandy there. That was a weird stat for me in a close game like this. Normally errors matter. Um, all of those errors did not matter because they did not give up an underdrive. <laughs> so right. it's just one of those things where, I mean, if you're going to have errors, have them when no one's on base. Get them on base and get them out. That's all it is. Yeah. Nice to me. If everyone did it, it'd be, uh, it's easy. Um, then uh, they followed it up with a Friday run rule victory over Rhode Island. Uh, roadies there. Uh, Camila Martin, Camilla Martinez. Ortiz had uh, three runs and a home run in the first to lead off the Bulls uh, to get the scoring going, which in which they did not look back. Uh, Jaden Martinez, uh, another true freshman, there four innings pitched, one strikeout, was able to keep the uh, roadies there in check the entire way through. Um, Saturday, uh, a little bit of a dicier game. Uh, they played University of South Carolina Upstate. Uh, USC Upstate had basically the uh, – the game in hand uh, up one nothing 
almost the entire uh, stretch of the game. They were up one nothing after the first, and USF had nothing uh, for about seven innings, or excuse me, seven point uh, or no, what is it, six point two innings. Yep. Um, and then USF was able to walk it off in the bottom of the seventh with a Vivian Pond RBI single, and then Haley Bryant had a sack fly right after to give USF a two-to-one victory over USC Upstate. So a nice little gritty win. Not not pretty by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, a gritty win is still a win in my book. Uh, Peyton Dixon, the aforementioned uh, gem here, uh, seven innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, and seven strikeouts. Uh, not even her best... Uh, of the weekend, yeah. And, I mean, he, and here's the thing: uh, Peyton Dixon so gave up that leadoff home run to uh, make it one nothing, and then pretty much shut him down the rest of the way. The interesting thing about the two runs that they scored in the seventh: so uh, Vivian Palm sing, uh, Pond sing, uh, singled home a run, and then uh, they brought in a pinch runner who stole second and then got to advance the third on an error. So as we said, you want your errors to be when no one's on base. So. Being able to steal or to advance the third led to the sacrifice fly, which I always love. Sacrifice flies as like a walk off is almost as anticlimactic as the uh, good old walk off walk. Yes, where it's like there's a lot of running and like you know the you, you try to throw you as hard as you can and it's a, generally like an airmail at that point if it's a sacrifice fly, so it never really goes there. But it's always just like oh man, it wasn't even like a dinger or anything like that. Um, so between the sacrifice fly walk off and the walk off walk. You know, those are the two more anticlimactic ways to. I think we can. Walk it off. I think we could probably say like walk off sack fly is probably like the the worst. Like it's mm-hmm. just it doesn't feel good. Walk off walk. You you battle pretty well yep. there. Um, like a walk off like single or, or double or anything like that. Just like a, a normal bloop or anything like that. Those are those are pretty hit or miss. Uh, walk off home runs are, are great. Walk off grand slams are amazing. Walk off box. <laughs> <laughs> friends those are those are the real money makers and we what we gotta do is watch out in, in major league baseball now because the box are like wild now yeah <laughs> it's like oh he didn't pay attention to the pitch clock that's a walk-off balk they it's lose the happen. world series that's it's gonna, gonna, gonna be terrible hilarious but terrible i just wanted to bring that up because we talked about errors before so that was a really cool way to win so it looked like they were going to lose um, and then they came all the way back in the bottom of the seventh and Peyton Dixon pitched a gem and we'll, we're seeing that as a theme now. And that's good to see because now they finally right. look like they have that ace, mm-hmm. which who would have thought it'd be the true freshman that they brought in. Um, but then uh, Sunday, which we are uh, Sunday, no fun day uh, as the aforementioned title. had said uh, basketball loss, baseball loss and softball loss. Uh, softball suffered a six to four loss to uh, Northern Illinois, the Huskies. Uh, Jaden Martinez, true freshman there, uh, she got the start. Uh, had two uh, unearned runs given up in two point one innings. Uh, unfortunately, gets her the loss. Antoinette Hill came in in relief, uh, but she gave up four earned runs in two and a two and a quarter uh, yeah, she pitched. Three in the fifth, one in the sixth. Yeah, not great. Um, and then, uh, but Megan Sheehan uh, was able to kind of claw it back. Uh, she got a three-run home run there in the sixth. And then Marissa Trevelpiece uh, got a home run in the seventh to start a little bit of a comeback, but not enough. Uh, six to four loss there. And then the big game uh, against the United States Army. Uh, USF faced off every single uh, armed forced member in the Army uh, in this game to, uh, uh, no, no. Um, 
No, USF played uh, that, this game actually just wrapped up a couple about an hour and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the big story of this game is Peyton Dixon. Peyton Dixon pitched uh, just a gem, probably a, a very um, what's the best way we can call it? A very uh, Georgina Coric esque oh, gem. Oh, oh, don't be saying that now. <laughs> I won't. I'm not going to say she's. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give her too much credit. But uh, a very similar stat line. She um, gave four hits, Steve. That's four hits. Incredible. Four, yeah, you're right. Coric <laughs> would only give up two hits, really, at that mm-hmm. point. But for a true freshman, that's a really great no, sign. Pay, uh, to have, Dixon, oh. This is a really good, uh, like, this is a really good week for her. Um, and her opening game, she came out with a win and it looked really, really solid. So this was a this. Normally, she wasn't striking out as many batters as this particular game. So tonight, she was definitely on, and that's really good to see. No walks, right. no earned runs, no four hits and nine strikeouts is. Excellent for especially for true freshmen. Like that's the incredible thing to me. True freshman doing right. this. Exactly. Yeah. So uh all credit to her. Uh she looks like she's gonna be the uh, the new ace for USF, but they still have some great uh some good relief pitching there as well with Gabriella Nori, um, who I think is injured right now, and that's why she didn't pitch over the weekend. Um Antoinette Hill, when she comes in, can be on fire. Um, another true freshman, Jaden Martinez. They've got some good pieces in the pitching. Um, and they finally look like they have some good hitters as well. So um, Alyssa Reno uh, got two, uh, got the RBI, and I think technically the game-winning RBI, if you want to consider it that. Mm-hmm. Um, she went two for three with that one RBI to secure a victory for USF over Army uh, a couple of hours ago. So that's neat. Um, next up, they'll uh, they have a doubleheader tomorrow against Penn, uh, UPenn, not the uh, Penn State, um, which ironically they play Penn State this weekend too. So <laughs> they play a, a nice little USF Invitational tournament against Penn State. Uh, they play Illinois twice. They play Marist. They play St. Francis. A whole bunch of schools that are experiencing the worst winter or the worst season right now. They're yeah. like, "Ooh, it's 89 degrees in Florida. Let's go down there." So I always wonder how these work out if it's a tournament, so they're all playing each other. But it, according to the schedule, they play Penn State Thursday, Illinois Friday, Illinois again Saturday at four, and then Marist at seven on Saturday and then St. Francis on Sunday. I don't understand why there's a doubleheader like that and not the same, but you know, the, sometimes when it's a tournament, there's a weird, like a round Robin situation that happens or I don't know. Um, th- those are always interesting to see, but yeah, right. if you want to go spend the day at the softball um, field, go ahead and do that. Uh, baseball will be in California. So softball gets the arena all to themselves. That'll be fun for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, throw uh, throw down our our favorite new sport. That's our favorite new sport, favorite sport that just started back up. Beto, sailing. This is one thing that I definitely want to try to to learn more about uh, at some point because I, I I look at some of these stats and like yeah I don't know what any of that means, but I can tell you that they took fifth place out of six in the Phoebe Corcoran King Team race. Uh, three teams competed and that are in the top fifteen nationally. That's number five Stanford, number seven the Coast Guard. They should be good at sailing. And number 14, Charleston. So USF came in after them and they were ahead of Jacksonville. Um, so, I mean, it says conditions were perfect with eight to 15 not wins all weekend. Great. Where I don't was know this? what that means. I don't understand. Um, but yeah, they, they finished the weekend with a four and 11 record. These are things I just need to know what these stats are. I don't know what that means. <laughs> They beat out Jacksonville, who completed the weekend with a two and thirteen record. Like, I mean, I know that means something, and there's somebody watching this that's like, "What the heck? You guys are idiots!" Um, but yeah, next up, they'll compete in the St. Mary's women's team race uh, this weekend in St. Mary's City, Maryland. 
which I imagine is really good for sailing. So, um, Coach Jolly, when you get a chance in the offseason, we're going to try to reach out to you and some of your staff and say, hey, you want to come on and teach us about sailing? Because I don't know nothing or anything about sailing. Maybe we can go hang out in St. Pete and see what the campus looks like and what the sailing things are. Because, yeah, it always looks really interesting. Um, and, of course, when you reach the national finals in seven of the last eight years, we're going to support the heck out of you. Hell yeah, we are. Where the, where the hell is the Phoebe Cochran team King Ting race? There's no way that's a real that's there's no way someone woke up and said, Yes, that's the name of this tournament. Oh, it's here. Charleston. Okay. It's uh it was a it was an article. Here, I, I just I'm gonna I'm gonna slack you the article over there that 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 I read. And I'm going off of what's on GoUSFBulls.com. So there. Yeah, the, I'm I'm reading it, uh, and I know I know I know sailing, and I'm reading this, and I'm like, of course. I, <laughs> well, I, I feel like, I feel like the person one, who wrote this was like, yeah, I don't. I'm just gonna go with what they told me. Um, that's not to joke. Again, I, this is something I'd like to learn. Just like uh, women's LAX, when that happens, I'd really like to get Coach McCord on to to t- teach me lacrosse. And I, I had, I've had cousins who went to school in the Northeast, um, in New York, and played lacrosse. And I, it was always fascinating to me to watch. I just never really quite understood it. So I'd like to understand it. I know it's get ball and net, but like there's, you can go around the, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's like, sometimes you can know a game, but you don't know the game. Put ball yeah. and net. I, I just want to do, sport. I want to do a daily. Yeah. It's, it's, it's some, some sort of get thing inside goal to score point or sail better, or it's a race. Uh, but yeah, I would, I mean, if we could just go to St. Pete and have, I don't know, a hangout, check it out. I don't know, maybe drink not beers. Just just tailgate this shit out of a regatta. That'd be that'd be we, white people. Good lord. Just God, play, just play nothing but yacht rock. Um I'm gonna, just, we're I'm gonna play couple, yacht rock and we're gonna we're gonna drink cab the entire time too. Just a, just a couple of jabrones. What's the shirts with the with the whale? What am I thinking of? Vineyard vines. There you go. Wear a couple of vineyard vines, polos. Oh yeah. Bunch of bunch of jabronis out there. Uh Vito. Fella and Bella, let's get after it. Close Bella's, out the show in style. We're gonna do this quickly because it's we're over an hour. So my my fella, I'm gonna say it's Eric Snow. It's you know, he got two grand slams, and that's really really good and kind of cool too. If you're gonna hit home runs, hit him when players are on base. So, um, <laughs> I actually so I did, but I it, I didn't remember it. But anyway, you just wanted me to say because I'm the I white did, guy. Exactly. No, you're like the anyway. The yacht rock guy. I don't know. The yacht rock guy. Yacht yeah, rock. I mean, the the fella, the fella this week is going to be Eric Snow. Um, mm-hmm. Two grand, two grand salamis is going to get you that. I wanted to say, I almost said Keyshawn Bryant, but two grand salamis is just crazy. That's a lot of RBIs in one weekend. And my uh, bell of the week is Peyton Dixon. Eighteen point one innings pitched across uh, across the week, gave up only two earned runs and hit twenty strikeouts. And that is a that is a very good week. That's fun. That is good. Um, mine's going to be uh, Sierra Berry uh, because she continues to be really fucking good at tennis. And she's going to continue to be my uh, my Bella of the week until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bain Dixon, uh, not to be outdone. She did phenomenal. Um, but Sierra Berry is just so fucking good at tennis. Mm-hmm. And at some point, we can't just both pick the same person. So it's good right. to be able to swap, switch it up. 
Just don't pick Sierra Berry anymore. No, that's, that's your bit. It's just like if, <laughs> if Romain Beckford play, uh, competed, he would have been my fella of the week. Because <laughs> again, when 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 you don't lose, that's a that's a good uh, a good marker. Oh yeah, uh, and we'll we'll touch on that real quick. Uh, Romain Beckford and Naya Robinson, I think, are heading to the indoor championships for um, for track. Excellent. So that's cool. Yeah, and that's the is it the regional? Uh, I believe so. Um, I believe they start off with the regional and then they move their way up from there. Give me two seconds because I just saw it. From what I remember, there's a, there's like a, the national qualifiers yeah, what they put they got. yeah exactly they call it the qualifiers. It's it's all regional and then the national championship are held in Eugene, Oregon, which is just incredible. Correct. So remain Beckford for the high jump, Nye Robinson for the long jump. Uh, they will compete on uh, March 10th and the 11th uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, and then hopefully uh, move on from there. Sweet. Hour and five minutes. Good job, Vito. We did it. Hey, that's good. All right. So uh, get us out of here. You have anything else to say? Uh, go Bulls. Uh, watch the uh, watch the tournament game tomorrow and then watch the men on Thursday and then basketball's, you know, continues. That's all I got. Yeah. Free the pussy. Uh, arrivederci. See ya. <laughs>